You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge Knives. Now, Outdoor Edge has a large range of fixed and replaceable blade knives and game cleaning kits. Now imagine this, you just shot a deer in the backcountry or an elk or whatever, and it's time to break it down, right? It's hot. You're a long way from the truck. So time is a factor and you got to get the meat back to the truck. So there's no waste. Your blade becomes dull. So instead of having to stop and sharpen, the blade all you do is you take your outdoor edge knife you push a button on the handle the blade pops out you put a new blade back in and you're back to work you get back to the truck there's no wasted meat everybody wins now if you want to find out more information about outdoor edge and their complete line of knives and game cleaning kits all you have to do is go to outdooredge.com and when you check out or you decide you want to purchase a knife Enter the discount code NATION30, and you're going to save 30% off of your purchase. That's NATION30, and that's OutdoorEdge.com. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, Chasing Bear. Hey, Colby, how's it going? Pretty good. Man, so I want to introduce this podcast that everybody's about to listen to. Just last week, I got back from Bozeman, Montana. Mm-hmm. And so we have on the podcast this week, Steve Ranella and Jan Spatelis. Yep, the dynamic duo. Yeah, with meat eaters. So I feel like I need to explain myself a little bit for why I did the interview the way I did it. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I don't think it was very uh, traditional in the sense of if you were interviewing these outdoorsmen and hunters, like how you do it. Because we really didn't talk about hunting. Yeah. Because and this is why Colby is because everybody already knows all their stories, mm-hmm. knows their hunting style and preferences and what kind of guns they use and what kind of gear they have and so all this stuff is because of the vast amount of content that they've produced. Everybody knows that, yeah. And so there were some things that I was a little bit more interested in, you know, and. Uh, and I think everybody's in the outdoor space that's paying attention, you know, are kind of interested in meat eater. I mean, it's kind of sprung up. I mean, Ranella has been around for a long time, and so yeah. is Jan. I mean, they it's they're not new. Yeah. But in the last two or three years, that brand, the the, the brand has grown, and so it was kind of like some backdoor questions. Yeah. And uh, I even I even went out of my way to try to ask him a few hard questions. <laughs> and so, any and, sneak peek. I'm not going to give any sneak peeks right now, but it was pretty cool because they don't do a ton of other podcasts, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, so it's rare. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're going to enjoy it. 
I've got to give a little bit of a backstory, though. You know, we have documented all of our hunts for the last six years mm-hmm. through bear hunting magazine media stuff. Yep. Like, we've had spring bear hunts that we've put on YouTube, that we've done podcast. Well, we've only done the podcast for two years now. Yeah. But, like, every spring we've documented our stuff and people have seen it pretty quick. Yeah. Not so this year. Yeah. And it, it wasn't because we didn't hunt, but part of the reason I was in Bozeman is because... Steve and I and Giannis were, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I hunted in Montana with Renella and Putellis mm-hmm. for a bear hunt for yep. an episode of Meat Eater. Yep. That is, it, it, who knows when it's going to come out. Yeah. It may be on season nine. It may even be on season 10. Mm-hmm. So I was in Montana with those guys in May. Mm-hmm. And usually that would have been content that we would have produced for bear hunting magazine you know? yeah and so some people might who follow our youtube channel are like what do you guys been doing <laughs> well we were hunting but uh you know the the content from the bear hunt is going to be on netflix for meter so it yeah. didn't go on the bear hunting magazine yeah. youtube channel yeah we may pirate it off of Netflix, <laughs> like with a like with a video camera. Yeah, don't yeah. tell don't tell Ranella. Yeah, uh, just like a video camera, like a, you know, like yeah, filming the screen. Yeah, and we'll have somebody a, sitting there in front of it, just so you have a silhouette like of a someone. Silhouette. Yeah. yeah, that would be accidental. <laughs> so we do not talk about the hunt, our hunt together. We we've not publicly even talked about that hunt. Yeah, because. We did a meat eater podcast that is supposed to come out on the twenty seventh of July. Mm-hmm. That uh, and I, I think it's going to maybe they'll put something else in, but be watching the meat eater podcast mm-hmm. to hear about our hunt in Montana, where we yeah. go into all the details of the hunt. Yeah. So it might have been like, well, why didn't you talk about your hunt? Well, we talked about the hunt on the meat eater podcast, mm-hmm. and so. I just wanted to say all that. Yep. All right. So uh, th- you, I, I think you'll enjoy. I think you'll enjoy this podcast. It's not super long, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of cut to the chase. Yeah. yeah. We are in Bozeman, Montana, and I am here with a couple of young outdoorsmen. That uh, you probably haven't heard of, um, Stefan, Stefan Rinelli. That's correct. And your <laughs> your your friend here is Janice Pudlis. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. I, I do feel like I've moved out of youngness. Okay. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, I hear you guys have started. Um, a website eating. I'm getting my notes here. Eatingmeat.net. Man, maneater. Maneater.net. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, no, the website is. Uh, oh, it's meateater.com. That's what it is. Well, the the meateater.com. That's correct. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to give some background so people kind of know who you guys are. Uh, I have here that you guys have a regional radio talk show. Can you tell me about that? It's digital online talk show, radio show. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a radio the show. Man Eater, the Man Eater podcast. Okay, okay. 
Oh, a podcast. A podcast. Okay, so you're a podcast host. Okay. Um, I have in my notes as well that you guys do some filming. Uh, y'all have a Vimeo channel. <laughs> you have a, 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 are making some DVDs? Yes. Is that right? We have uh, moved down. I mean, I mean tell me if I'm wrong. No, we're actually moving back into the DVD business. Okay. Our whole library is going to be available on DVD again. Okay. Which seems like retro, but it's not. Yeah. It's fit. It's filling a need. Yeah. Moving back into DVD. There's, oh, I, there's I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting some. Oh, okay. You, you guys are on Netflix. That's correct. Not Vimeo. Netflix and, and seriously, uh, moving into DVDs. You're going to make some DVDs? Yeah, we're going to make some DVDs. Okay. Yeah. You know, we never got out of DVDs at Bear Honey Magazine. We shouldn't have gotten out of DVDs, but we got out of DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. But Meat Eater is also available at... Meat Eater, that's what it is. Yeah. At uh, Sportsman Channel and out are there are there episodes on both channels mm-hmm. now? Yeah, Sportsman's and Outdoor. Okay, if you're a cable subscriber. Okay. All right, so maybe maybe you they would have, have heard they actually have access. They, I mean, they 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 air an enormous uh, like a, a wide breadth of I mean, like the whole library. Okay. Yeah. How many seasons of this meat eater show have you guys produced? It's you know it's so weird because like the seasons mean different things, but. Uh, our, our ninth season, but the seasons are vary so much in length. We've had, se- it, it, but yeah, nine, nine seasons, approximately a hundred and thirty episodes. Hundred and thirty episodes. How many of those have you been like involved Seinfeld. with, Giannis? Probably right at a hundred. Okay. Can it be? Okay. Yeah. Hundred episodes. Cow. Okay, Steve. I've got a. I've got a quote here about Giannis, pronounced Giannis, not Janus, as I said, mistakenly said earlier. My truck says Janus Putellis. Putellis. Okay, I, I heard you say this about Giannis the other day, and I, I just wanted a little bit of clarity, and I would like for Giannis to, uh, <laughs> to give his feedback. Uh, quote from Steve Ranella, Giannis Putellis is good at everything he does. Maybe he knows what he sucks at and inherently steers clear of it. I said that? Yes, you did. What was I talking about? It was on that uh, Federal Premium Podcast. Oh. Yeah. So. No, I, 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 yeah, I, I, like, I, I can picture saying it and I stand by it, but I just didn't know where. I thought maybe when I was talking with you, I said that. No, no, no. This is, this is documented. Um, so uh, I guess we'll start with Giannis. Uh, Giannis, do you... How how are you good at everything that you do? <laughs> and, and how do I steer clear that I suck at? Oh, buddy, I don't know. Um, no, I, I heard that. I heard, I was listening to that that podcast mm-hmm. with you guys, thinking about this podcast. And uh, so I, I said it. I said that. it in Giannis's presence. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, yeah, it was it was the ultimate compliment. Very nice compliment. compliment. Yeah, it was. I, I sent the quote to Giannis, so I thought maybe it had slipped by him. But uh, no, you guys have uh, you, know, you guys met seven eight years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you st- you went on a hunt in Alaska, and we're just gonna kind of fill in. Give me just like a quick rundown of how you got in with Meat Eater Giannis. Yeah, I uh, Steve's wife and I went to uh, grade school together, high school as well, and then uh, stayed loosely in touch. And so through that and a couple other uh, 
you know, small world kind of coincidences, uh, Steve emailed me while I happened to be living in Fairbanks and he had happened to draw the toke, ta- toke sheep tag, which mm-hmm. is a couple hours away and, uh, and it ended up inviting me along. And I basically came on to serve the, um, to fill the position as a WPA, which is the wilderness production assistant for meat eater. Mm-hmm. That's, tra- that's trademarked by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, okay. um, yeah, you know what? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Um, I just had an idea. Just had an idea popping into my head, but I don't know if I want to share it with the world yet, with the bear hunting world. Uh, but uh, yeah, and so yeah, I rolled in uh, to Toke, and uh, or no, we met in Fairbanks, and we all drove down to Toke together and did a uh, did a sheep hunt and uh, hit it off so well that by the time I flew out of the mountains, everybody else had flown out ahead of me. Um, they had already secured my uh, spot to go on a hunt the week following to go caribou hunting mm. um, for another episode, which I thought I couldn't do because my wife had needed me to be at home watching. She had the to kid. travel down. She had though. to travel down to yeah. Utah for an interview, and they had somehow—I don't know what Dan did—if he just said he'd pay her or what—but she went to Utah with the kid, with a one-year-old on her own, yeah. flew down there so that I could go. Nice. Continue on Steve, the meat eater you just, path. You just liked the honesty. He was a hardworking dude, mm-hmm. knowledgeable in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So meat eater was going at yeah. that time. Meat eater was. Oh, we're, no, was we were rolling. we were a couple seasons in, man. Okay. Yeah, I want to say that was the tail end of season two. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Two. He came on an episode of- we did with the toke hunt, and then we rolled into that with an episode where we went uh, hunting with. Tim Ferriss. Okay. Who I got a text message from and haven't replied, which I need to do. Make a little note. Um, yeah. And that's the two. And Yanni okay. had a cameo in that episode. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Well, you know, I think people, so in having the opportunity to talk to you guys, like not on one of your platforms, I, I've, I've kind of been uh, trying to find trying to think of what would be some good stuff to talk to you guys about. And, you know, Steve, I think the question that I would have personally wanted to ask you is just like on this progressive journey. And I mean, I, I could, I, I think we could say now that like the place where meat eater and you guys are at, is that a significant place of influence, not just in the current media platforms of modern outdoor hunting, but even in like the grand scale of, outdoor hunting media i mean you guys are influential massively did you did you forecast this steve would you have would you have foreseen that this was going to happen like walk me through like the journey because i think what happens is somebody sees somebody that's like successful at what they do and you just assume that they were just born that way like you just assume that that they were you know, that LeBron James was just six foot eight and the world's greatest athlete. And of course he's going to, you know, be who he is, but really, you know, he worked for it. He, he, Mm. he didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I'll kind of answer it two ways. Uh, the first way is no. Um, when I was coming, when I, I went to graduate school and like assumed a lot of debt to go to graduate school, student loans, and coming out of that, I was despondent. I had no idea what I was going to do. Right? I thought I'd make like a huge mistake. Hmm. I thought, man, I should just work on law school. Like, I don't know, like, why would you go so into debt? 
to, to do an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts, you know, in writing. And and I remember coming back from a deer hunt with my brother and him saying in a way that almost startled me. Do you mind sharing how much debt that is? Or is that too like much personal information? What it costs to go to yeah, graduate school? Yeah, or just, school? just an, an average of what an MFA was, would think, run at, at. I think I came in. But I went part-time at first. So long. So I went part time at first because because I want I had to get re- I wanted to get residency so I could get lower tuition. Mm-hmm. But you can't like get residency out of this is anyhow. Took me three years ago to graduate school. <laughs> now you'd be surprised. It's interesting. Took me three years ago to graduate school. Uh, I worked full time through it or full time ish, cutting trees and doing installing cabinets, and came out of it with thirty five thousand dollars of debt. It's not bad. Um, sure felt like it at the time. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I was despondent. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, it was real hard to picture. But I remember my brother saying, like, with such a, he doesn't say anything with a high level of certainty. Like, he's not one to speculate a whole bunch. But um, I just remember him being, like, talking to him, having, like, zero doubt. He's like, I don't have any doubt that you'll be fine. You'll just be fine. Uh, that stuck with me. That, but, so that was valuable to you that your your brother kind of had your back and was because he just saw you. something very clearly that I couldn't see. But he's not like one to just say a bunch of stupid stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the other part of it, it's, it's a little hard to say because like when I started my career, all the mediums that some of the mediums that we work in now didn't exist. Right. Podcasts. Yeah, it was like the heyday of glossy magazines. Yeah. Pre dot com crash is when I first started selling magazine stories. Yeah, um, and you know, then all of a sudden, overnight, magazines lost like a half of their volume or whatever. And then, but podcasts weren't around. Netflix was not around. Um, we just, YouTube probably wasn't. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't know, it was it was. Yeah, yeah, YouTube was infancy. just for cell phone videos and and then uh, weird stuff. And then, like, we just were doing a, some audio projects for Random House right now. Like, there were books on tape and stuff, but there wasn't, like, like audio, original audio work happening. But there mm. were books, and we still do books. But it's just, it's it's hard to picture because any of the ways that all the things we make now and the way we do what we do weren't around. And so, you, and, you, and so it wasn't like, oh, we'll, we'll explore all these Things you know, right. I was like, I thought that magazine writing was the end all be all. I thought that yeah. that was the that was what you were trying to do. So you you adapted though. You had the ability to to change and to try something new. I mean, would you say that? Yeah, I used to think that there was. I feel like I'm talking about the same bunch of ideas that I've always talked about. I just talk about them and. And I, I, I guess I just embrace new ways of new formats, new mediums, but it's just like the same, it's the same set of ideas. It's like the, 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 the same interest just expressed through certain ways. So I don't want to overplay the adaptability. It would just be that, um, continue talking about something that I care about. And, and instead of feeling like, like writers at that time when I was, starting as a writer they all lived in fear back then everybody lived in fear of amazon amazon was going to destroy mm. the book business okay mm-hmm. so we were all screwed because amazon um 
And, you, you know, you get into that mindset of just like being afraid of everything all the time, all these new things and everything's going to ruin everything. And at a point you live through a handful of these, everything getting ruined and you see that everything's not in fact ruined. Um, you get to a point where you're just more comfortable with it. So if you told me now that if you're like all your favorite ways of communicating now, right? Like, uh, will die for some reason. This thing's mm-hmm. going to kill all the ways you communicate, mm-hmm. but there'll be these new emerging ways that people communicate. Once upon a time, I would have been very afraid. Right. But now I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And I could spend a bunch of time complaining about it. Yeah. And I would just be like, let me know when their new things are ready, and I'll, uh, we'll start to figure those things out. I think that's like a little bit of a shift. Because I saw a lot of people get left in the dust. Yes. A lot of people got left in the dust. What what has been what has been the most difficult or even stressful part of building what you've done? How everything's uh, how everything's ephemeral. Meaning, you start something that's strong and then it fades away into my, my like bro, magazine articles, like not not as that popular. kind of ephemeral. Everything seems like not sustainable. Like you have to be moving hard. Okay. For, my brother works for the federal government. Okay. He, he was explaining one day, he said, man, if I wanted to, I could sit down with a calculator and probably tell you to the dollar how much money I will earn in my lifetime. Like I could tell you to the dollar. As long as he stays with that job until he retires. Just like assuming like, assuming that he's a high performer, right? He like does he his does job his very job. well. And you're taking into all, all kinds of assumptions, but... The the point of the conversation was not like his co- like please don't think it was it wasn't a conversation about him being cocky about his role that wasn't what Understood. he was saying he was commenting on um being a like being a salaried person in a career position this I I don't want I almost like hesitate I'll stick with this but I don't want to sell him short sure. by saying it. he. We were having a specific conversation about unknown things in life. Yes. Okay. And being a writer or whatever is unknown. Like you sell a book. Whether or not you get to sell another one depends on how well that one did. Right. If people overbet on you and you fall too short, they might not bet on you again. Yeah. So it's like everything you're doing needs to be good enough that you can do another one. And that's hard. It's mentally hard. It's hard to live in that position, and it brings about a tremendous amount of uncertainty. You're one misstep away from being done. Okay? Yeah. And he was just talking about um, – we're, we're just talking about that and the financial – And probably the, the financial strain that comes from that and stuff. And the differences in you guys' lives. Yeah, the I financial mean, strains. When you sell a book, it used to be that you got the book came in three payments. Now a book comes in four payments. You sell a book, you get – every deal isn't this way, but you sell a book, you write a proposal and sell a book. You get a payment up front. You get a payment when your manuscript is accepted. You get a payment when it's published. You get a payment a year after its publication date. You're talking about a span of time that could stretch easily into four years. It, it like You got to be good at managing stuff to take these like little these like lump sums of money and then do all the work necessary to do the book and spend all that money that it takes to research something and then 
hope that it's good enough that you can then it's just stressful financially stressful yeah so that conversation led to this idea where he was just saying like you know i could more i could sort of like calculate out what my lifetime earnings would be assuming i hold the position i hold you live inside of that space though do you do you thrive with that steve uh because you manage it i mean like because no i thrive with it but i don't enjoy it man I don't enjoy that part of it. Well, but what? at a point, after so many, after so long, I'm not as paranoid anymore about getting shut down. Yeah. I could probably absorb a failure. Well, I yeah. have absorbed failure. I mean, yeah. at this point, I've, I've, I've absorbed failures, you know. Um, yeah, I've absorbed like some, I've had experienced some significant failures, but I don't feel like it's like I'm going to get killed off for it. Right. But I used to be afraid, of, but I used to be afraid of getting killed off for it. What what drives what you're doing? Like if you could if you could, because I know that it has to do with natural. I mean, I, I you're a, you're a passionate hunter. You're you're a voice for conservation. You're a communicator. You're communicating to a lot of different people that haven't heard hunting communication done this way. So I understand that, like being passionate about that. But you're also like what. Is there a place where you've done what you wanted to do? Mm, I don't know. I, 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 I could picture it now more than ever. A friend of ours recently sold his business, and, which he'd been busting his ass to build since he was in his early 20s. He's a year or two older than me, a couple years older than me. He just sold his business, you know. Um, and he, like, you know, worked his fingers to the bone, right? That great sacrifice to his family, you know, mm-hmm. worked his ass off. Um, and when he sold his business, he was talking about the impulse, the instinct to, uh, as he put it, crawl into a deep, dark hole, you know? And yeah, man, I could, I always, I joke now, but I'm only half joking. I'd, I'd like to like, I want to just have a camper trailer and hunt turkeys with my wife in the spring. She can read books. I'll hunt turkeys. And then we'll start in Florida in March and land wherever we land and then I don't give it I don't care about the rest of the year. Yeah. Like that's a very very enticing. Yeah. scenario. <laughs> what, what do you And not talk to anybody but my kids. <laughs> what, but you're so you're you're a businessman but you're also dealing with people. How would you describe yourself with people, Steve? Like like are you uh I like the ones I like a lot. <laughs> a lot. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You're you're loyal to the people. The ones I like, I like them a whole bunch. Yeah. That's kind of how I, <laughs> I guess. Fall bear season is upon us. And if you are baiting black bears, you need to be using Northwoods Bear Products. My favorite thing that they make, I say it all the time, is their Northwoods Gold Rush. It's a fryer grease additive. And here's what we're going to do, Colby. Okay. Colby, you're in charge of this. Yeah. Is that if guys will leave a review on iTunes yeah. for the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast, take a screenshot, send it to our Instagram or Facebook Messenger yeah. or info bear-hunting.com. Yeah. We will send a bottle of Gold Rush to one of these guys. Gold Rush. Yes, that is it. <laughs> hey, while you're at it, check out our buddies at W Hunting Supply. These guys have... 
all your hound related needs you know if you have any kind of sporting dog whether it be labs whether it be squirrel dogs whether it be pointing dogs whether it be coon dogs whether it be bear dogs whatever kind of sporting dogs you got w hunting supply is your source for everything that you need related to sporting dogs bear hunting magazine is the only print bear hunting magazine in the world and people have a novel opportunity here to subscribe to our magazine yep and colby moorhead will deliver six issues per year to your house (laughs) if you want to see colby moorhead knock on your door (laughs) give you a magazine subscribe to our magazine no that's not true u.s postal service will do it but hey in a world of all this digital media to get a high quality magazine full of adventure stories tactics recipes Mm -hmm. all kind of stuff it's a it's a great price and it's and you won't regret it so hey subscribe to bear hunting magazine at bear-hunting.com and use the promo code bhm20 for five dollars off yeah bhm20 You know, I'm getting down to like like the really the essential question that I wanted to ask you. Um, and Giannis, you chime in here too. Uh, mm-hmm. Meat Eater was built on authenticity. If I could describe it, and I mean, I've really only known you guys for a fairly short period of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was watching as somebody. We met right here, right? Uh. Now I met you at a shot show one time, but mostly met right. Yeah, here. pretty yeah. much, pretty much. Um, so Meteor was built on this authenticity inside of a context in the hunting world that was had lost a lot of authenticity, and so the question is, and that's and that's what would characterize you, Steve, and Giannis too, and just kind of the brand I I feel like is is authenticity, and so. How do you maintain that authenticity in the midst of massive growth when we know, like, like everybody knows that consumes hunting media that it has to be paid for? I mean, so what? What stole authenticity? No, they don't know that. You don't think so? Well, I mean, what stole authenticity? That really irritates people. Well, is is that guys? Especially were, when you're in the business of, of providing, like, basically, like free media, right? Right, uh, podcasts are free, right? I mean, there's an the advertising component, but you're, you're like yeah. producing like free media. Uh, um, Netflix, you know, it's not free, but it's a very low subscriber fee. It's an inf- it's a bottomless pit of content, right? Right, like uh, you know, I, I don't. It's not transactional per episode. However, right. people are very irritated when confronted with the idea that you need to finance this oper- the operation. Right, right that you need to finance your ability to make free content. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But people know it's not understood. I don't think it's widely understood. Well, so how do you, how do you maintain? Cause I mean, what I was saying was that you've, you've done a good job of uh, maintaining that authenticity in, in, inside of the context. So how do you keep doing that? Hey, let me, let me, let me, uh, I've got. I digress to. Uh, well, it, but I, go ahead. But I. But the, I think the questions you kind of the, the questions like there, but it's eluding you. Okay. Well, that's the question. How do you, how do you build a business like you like you have, and maintain the authenticity that got you here? I mean, I think it's the because essential what because because it'd be like let's say you make shoes, okay, and you make good shoes. 
And then pretty soon you have a big company that makes shoes. People aren't going to say to you, um, how do you continue to make shoes? Be like, well, that's what we do. Well, so I'm saying like what got, what, what, what got, you know, what, what created the situation anyways, is just still what's created. It's just like making a thing that was uh, making a thing that felt real and you could feel passionate about. If you stop doing that, you've stopped making shoes. Do you see that? You know what I'm saying? Like other people, I see what you're saying. Like, what is it, if you're not doing that anymore, then you're not doing the thing that that, right. that people wanted anyway. But do you not see that that's what happens to companies, though, is they, they, they lose that when they get big? I, and that's certainly not what I'm saying. I'm I, seeing. Well, they might, but I don't know how you keep, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really... Okay. I can't really well, I think in that. our context, though, in the hunting industry, I think maybe what you're getting at is that because of the way that you have to pay to make this stuff keep working, right? You have partnerships and advertisers, and you have to make them happy. Right. And so at some point, you come up to a thing where there's a huge check that's associated with maybe a product or a brand that you don't align with. But if you need that check real bad, you have to go that route, right? And then you right, end up yeah, endorsing right. maybe a product or a brand right. that you necessarily don't align with, and people see that you are being inauthentic, and then it could cost you your authenticity. Right. Oh, um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Not like in the material you make, but well, in, it, the, in, it, the in a, in a holistic, a holistic place, and not just that, but yes, that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking to that, I think we've just always stood our ground and when that yeah. stuff comes around and i mean there's pi- there's just boxes and boxes of gear that comes across through the doors of media and across our desks where we just look at it and it's like hey it might be good but it's just not us you know and yeah. we, we know we just pass on it and we've you know speaking to steve's loyalty i mean first light was the first b- clothing brand that he got in with and been with them for 10 years now, you know? Yeah. yeah, the first two people to get behind our show were First Light and Vortex. Yeah. And we, to this day. Yeah, they're still there. Yeah, but I think so if I, either... Like, and and, we'll and, see, I, and, and I don't I, have, like, and, 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 um, to endorse, talk about, recommend Vortex products is not painful. It's authentic because you've been it's, using them for that long. And I have like an yeah, there's a product connection, but I have an emotional connection there. Yeah. That's yeah. not all, you know, I don't want to tell you that that's something that's like that that emotional aspect is always present, but there's parts of it that I'm I'm like quite proud of that fact. Yeah. I don't view it I don't view that I'm able to have like a long-term relationship and a, you know, a sponsorship arrangement. Um, a reciprocal relationship with Vortex, I don't look at that as being like, oh, it's just a thing I had to do. I'm like proud of that. Yeah. And see, what I'm what I what I see is that I, I think there's an internal component inside of uh inside of somebody that's gotta be pretty strong to maintain that kind of authenticity in the midst of success. So I mean I guess and maybe it's so deep inside of you guys that you don't you don't even no see no it. that's not true man it's, you don't think so i don't want to i don't want to like act like i don't understand your question uh no we can we have conversations all the time about about what what do you mean we have what we do 
is deliberate. Yeah. It's not accidental. Okay. We have conversations every day about what, not like how to, what, not turning left or turning right, but it's like conversations every day about like getting it right. Yeah. Like getting it right. Detail. We did a hunt last year with these guys at this place called Crooked Sky Outfitters in Wyoming. Great dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, great, great dudes. Love those guys. Um, and I was having a conversation with the son, Landon uh, Peterson. And he was observing one day to me. He was, like, talking about how he tried. He, like, observes. He's I would regard him, like, like a successful person, right? Like, does things intentionally. And he was observing he was telling me how he observes successful people and he said a thing that he's noticed is that they pay attention to all the details they pay attention to the details at their home they pay attention to the details of how they raise their children they pay attention to the details of what they do at work they pay attention to the details of their vehicle they like pay attention to the details always yeah you can make a there can be a you can have a facade of carelessness or a facade of shooting from the hip. But I think that most people who are able to do something for a long time are very cognizant of details. And I think that we sit around arguing about it, that people will be like, I cannot believe these people are arguing about something that seems so mundane. Right. It seems so silly. But we like as an organization or whatever, like we don't think it's silly. Yeah. So when I say it's deliberate, there's like, there's like, I'm like aware of what we do. Yeah. And how we do it. Not to say that, you know, you don't make all kinds of screw ups, but you know, we discuss things. I like it. I like, I like at great length things that would be silly. Yeah. When we're making our show, we argue over like, like seconds of things. Like really, like seconds, you know, considerable back and forth. You gonna bust Yanni's balls about anything? Well, <laughs> I could. No, I had a, I had a great, I had a great hunt with you guys. People can listen to the story of our, of our hunt on a, a meteor podcast that's coming out at some point, and then later be able to see the see our hunt on Netflix. So we could have talked about that, but that would have been too easy. Would have yeah. been too easy to talk about that. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, that was a good throw. It's a good throw. Yeah, throw to that episode, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I I enjoyed hunting with both of you guys. So bringing it back to the hunting space, man, I I enjoyed hunting with you, Montana. Your uh, people are like, is is uh, is Rodella a good hunter? Is he this or that? And man, big, I don't know. <laughs> he uh, he killed a turkey. But no, and Giannis is fast. I would say Giannis has a very good uh, mouth crow call, very good turkey hunter, and fast. I had a hard time he's keeping got a up gate. with him. He's got a gate. He's got a significant gate. Significant gate. I got a little bit of mule skin experience in, too, because after Clay um, shot his bear, we were in a, like a, I don't want to say a sticky situation, but we were running out of light. With cameras, you're always thinking about light, and, and I wanted Garrett and and uh, Clay to get down there to the bear to start processing the bear and, and get it, you know, while we still had good light. 
but they couldn't, we couldn't take the mules right off this steep mountainside right to the bear. And the path around was, was a tour. I figured, man, I can lead a couple mules. You said like man from snowy river. Yeah. It would have been just like that for (laughs) sure. Mm -hmm. Um, dead fall and all, but, uh, yeah. So I, I, uh, I just grabbed them and led them on around the road and, I don't know. It took me a big hour or so like that. We just yeah, hot footed it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I felt like a mule guy there for for an yeah. hour, even though I wasn't riding them. I was just leading yeah. them. Steve, did you did you enjoy riding the mules? Oh yeah. Did man. you really? Are you just telling me that? Just make well, it feel good. I just tell you that. You think I would tell you I, did, I liked riding? No, I, I don't riding think you mules. would. Did you? <laughs> no, I loved it. Did you? Yeah, especially now. I don't know. You, you solved a problem I have with riding, which was the the. Uh, testicular pain. Yes, but how do you do that? Stirrups. Well, because he, everybody's oh. always arguing with me about how I want my stirrups set up, and I always feel like, well, why do why do I need to like reach for him? And Clay, when he fixes it up, gives you enough. They're high enough yeah, where you yeah. can, where when you need to, you can give yourself a little buoyancy. You need to be able to put your clenched fist in between your groin and the saddle. So you can take pressure off when if that you're thing's standing. Going, wah, wah, yeah, if, wah, you're sta- wah, if you're standing. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, wah, So, man, wah, I can't wah, believe wah. you rode you just, that long. Well, it's because uh, I'm not, uh, a, 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 you know, I'm not, like, even good enough at that. Like, I wouldn't even saddle my own horse without having someone double-check my work. Yeah. You know, and when I do on the occasions when I do ride, I'm always riding with like good riders who are watch, the, you know, watching yeah. what I do. Well, I, so it's I like I, there's not a lot of learned. like I don't I don't have any room to make the kind of mistakes you make to learn and accelerate. Like I don't even have room to make those mistakes because I'm a novice rider and I'm with riders who are accomplished riders. They know I'm. I just tell them I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing. They watch me and they save me all the like super learning experiences that you might learn. So I'm able to be like spend day after day after day on horseback, but then say like yeah, I wouldn't even be able to saddle it because yeah. that guy saddles it. Yeah, yeah. And so well, when I, people were doing it, I was yeah. And so anyways, I, I felt it was great to overcome that because joking aside, that was a thing that made that that was a, that like ball slapping was the. <laughs> Dude, game changer. Made it like made it at times not enjoyable to ride horses until yeah. I realized that there's like it's completely preventable with if you get adjusted right. Yeah. And other little tricks you pick up. Yeah. And I don't remember that even being a thing. Like when I was a little kid, I had to go to horseback riding lessons and all that, but you're just mm. little. Never was an issue. I went out to Colorado with my half brother. We spent all summer riding around the mountains. Mm. No problem. Then later in life, I became like, man, they gotta have a trick. Yeah. Yeah, you just need your stirrups up a little bit higher. No, I, I was impressed that you weren't afraid of the mules. No, like, like not because the only reason I'm not afraid of them because when people tell you you shouldn't be afraid of them, because they'll kick the shit out of you. Yeah, well, and, so and I was not like, even I a, was like being like, "Hey, man, we're just going to cut to it, and I'm not going to be afraid of you." Yeah, because it's going to be worse if well, I. Well, just when you were on its back, like we went through some places where the mule didn't want to cross a muddy spot or something, which always happens, even with good animals. You know, they just get kind of caught up on something and, and don't want to do it and, and you'd just kind of be chilled out and just kind of let the mule go on something. So I I thought you did good despite you uh saying that people were critique critiquing your uh 
your horse ride and in different episodes and stuff. I thought you did pretty good. I don't know if you're familiar with this, the phenomenon of online armchair experts. It's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. for sure. I'm sure you could put up a picture of a mule and be like, here's my mule. And people are going to be like, you should have. I would have. You idiot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people can go, they, they can listen to the media podcast to hear quite a bit about that hunt and then they can check out the Netflix. So I, so I the, uh, the podcast episode is a cliffhanger. Yeah, it is a cliffhanger. <laughs> it is a cliffhanger. Or they can go to bear hunting magazine and see the article that I'm going to write here sometime pretty mm-hmm. quick. Uh, but you guys are headed to Alaska tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going to fish. That's correct. What, what are you, what are you mainly fishing for? We'll target, um, primarily halibut. Uh, and then as, and do some shrimping and some crabbing, but primarily go after halibut. Uh, and then when that isn't making sense, go after salmon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a few just quick, I'm going to run through these questions and then we'll be done. Um, so these are unanswered questions that people have about um, celebrities. I'm, 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 uh, I'm a little leery to use the word celebrity because we don't yeah, really do want to say that. that? Uh, man, I, I'm not sure, but uh, no, I I asked a few people and they were like, they were joking, but they were serious. Question number one, and you could just give a short answer. Uh, are you nice to your wife? Uh, we'll start with Giannis. Extremely, he is. Um, just depends for me, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, my wife's mad at me a lot. I'm mad at my wife a lot. We've been together 12 years, man. We got three little kids in the house. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that. Right, you're not going to paint a su- no. super rosy picture. Like here. a bottomless, uh, but level. your intentions is like, a, yeah. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of love and respect, and I would never do anything to disrespect my wife. Yeah, but it's just like anybody knows, man. Like get up, kids. It, I, yeah, you spend yeah. a lot of time on each other's nerves, and yeah, yeah, just I'm with whatever. You. Yeah, it's just so. Like a, so it's people, just a, it's just so a, like, I don't, I, I don't like to act like it's not. It's just a reality, man. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all based on respect and love, but God, it just gets stressful sometimes. Okay. What I like to make sure that I do, and again, I, I answered that question, you know, quickly so you could get through these questions quickly, but yeah. now since we're getting into them, <laughs> um, I try to, at least when I am to then, uh, be humble and apologize. There you go. And, and, you know, okay, and, and, and know that. Hey, Giannis speaks very highly of you behind your back. Hmm. About your <laughs> being a father and husband. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I do a little checking around. Um, you did some reference checking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, number two. Uh, what do your wives think about all this? Like, just you guys, like, like traveling, hunting. You know, there was just short for just, me, real quick. There was never a not. There was never like. It wasn't like a thing that got introduced, right? Because it was she, just always that way. Yeah, it was yeah. always that way. So I never had to go through a hurdle of of being like, "Hey, I have a new lifestyle." Because you now. didn't, you didn't start and then it. Okay, no. that makes sense. Yeah, um, it very much was introduced. We've been married now seventeen years, and uh, so halfway through this thing, kind of started and I started traveling a whole bunch more. Although we had always been apart uh, uh, some because I was a hunting guide and would be gone for most of the fall and. She spent a lot of time in the field all summer, so she would be sometimes gone in a different state for three months. 
Um, but uh, yeah, she's very supportive of whatever I do, and uh, it's also you know uh, you know a, a source of income, and it's nice to be able to do something you love to do, you know, to, to you know for your income. So yeah, can't say no to that. Okay, we'll we'll wrap it up, and I'm going to give you three options for questions, and you get to pick which question you want to answer. <laughs> love Is it. that fair? I love it. Yeah. Okay, okay. So question number one. Are you a jerk behind the scenes? <laughs> Question number two, what does Saturday morning look like for you? These are actual things that people Fan said to questions. Me. Yes. And number three, um, how much money do you have? Ready, go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wanted the, I wanted the jerk one, man. <laughs> I wasn't going to read. I wasn't going to read the habit. That was a joke. Yeah. Okay. Well, that Giannis, one wasn't a real question from I, the fan? I mean, it... It, it was. It was. Nobody is ever going to answer that one. I know. Honestly, it is. It on themselves. You could ask me if Steve's a jerk behind the scenes. I'll no, I, I want to do it. The, yeah. Um, I mean, we have great guys we travel with, and there's a lot of uh, love and respect and a lot of laughs and stuff. But, yeah, man, we have it out now and then. Yeah. Um, it's production. But you're not a jerk, though, Steve. I mean, I can answer that question. No, but we have it out now and then, and then uh, you know, you hear our podcast, and we we often have Rick Smith on, and and me and Rick. I mean, it's respectful, but yeah, there's like stuff we don't agree on. And yeah. I've seen Yanni come very rarely, very rarely. I've seen Yanni crack the whip. Hmm. I think what very people rarely. people want to know is like. Is somebody just an unreasonable jerk behind the scenes? Yeah, like if the person you see on the screen is not the oh, same person. Oh, like that kind of behind the scenes. I thought you meant like around, oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> Who's going to be able to answer it effectively? I, it's your choice, Steve. You can answer it. If I learned that that was true, you know the deep, dark hole I was talking about earlier? <laughs> I'll answer it for Steve. He's the same guy. Yes, he in is. In front of the camera and off yeah. the camera. Yeah. Yeah, no, the and that's, I, I know that. Yeah. Which one are you gonna do, Yanni? Uh, what's a Saturday the, morning the, look the, like? The, the softball was uh, what does Saturday morning look like? <laughs> oh yeah, well I can answer the third one pretty easily too. I'll answer with not much. <laughs> um, I own a house, so the bank owns my house, but uh, I am the you know I do pay a mortgage. Figure I'm kind of successful there. I do flat out own a 2002 Toyota Tundra and a plow truck, 250,000 miles. Yeah, yeah, you have two trucks. Yeah, I do. Yeah. For a while, you had three trucks. Yeah, plow truck, which is like <laughs> that's extreme wealth. Oh, right? but uh, I like to cook up. My kids um, consider the weekends. They think that's when they get to pour syrup on things. <laughs> okay, and um, so I will usually over on the weekend. I will make something of that nature that they can pour syrup on in the morning and. Uh, Maybe cook up some bacon on the side and, you know, I don't know. There you go. That's Hang good. out with the kids, you That's know. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, hey, guys, really, thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank this you. Was a, I, I, this is not a normal bear hunting magazine podcast. I mean, No, no. You might have a bunch of people get irritated because there's not a lot of bear hunting tips. Oh, you know what? We talk about bear hunting like once every five episodes. <laughs> I mean, we're always yeah, throwing mission in creep. some. We, 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 we're always throwing in some. I mean, we're always talking about bear, but, but you know what? It's all from the brain of a bear hunter. Yeah, yeah. So this is like just the like simple fact hunter. that it came out of your mouth. That's right. Means it's bear hunting information. That's right. Because you like to hunt bears. 
No, I think it's a like strategy it. that you have that's that's what's turning me into a bear hunter. You know, you're not overly pushy. He yeah. flirts with the edges. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think if more uh, people did that with religion, the, the approach that you're taking with me with bear hunting, if they took that with religion, I might be more into taking religion. But, God, that stuff seems to be just, like, crammed a little bit too much in my face. And I was like, nah. I see what you're saying. You know? You know, I, I think that. I would bet that uh, 50% of our listenership is never bear hunted. I mean, of the people that consistently listen. It's I hear that all the time. Guys say, man, I don't even bear hunt. But no, nah, no, nah, truly, thank you. And man, this the the, the interview was I inten- I was intentionally trying to find different kind of stuff to talk to you guys about. And uh, and man, it's no secret I have tons of respect for both of you, truly do, and did before I knew you. Uh, so anyway, I, I hope uh, hope none of my questions were disrespectful, uh, other than all, how man. much money you have. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I can show you what's in my pocket right now. Yeah, how much money do you? Have? No, no, no. It's so stupid. People think people think anybody that has any sort sort of status in whatever field. I mean, you could be like you know the most the best coon dog trainer in Arkansas, and people think you have money. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what's interesting? Gone when you use an autofill, Google autofill. And you type in most celebrities' names. You know what the number one hit winds up What's being? What's their net worth? Net worth. Yeah. Like, so you type in any celebrity name, it's going to autofill as the most commonly searched. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, net worth. What was funny is for a long time, my autofill hits were knife and wife. Hmm. And they would bounce back and forth. And it used to make give my wife a tremendous amount of anxiety. Because people I, wanted to know who you're married it's like, to. That would be like the that would be like a like a, the mo, like my name and then what's the thing, knife and wife. And we used to laugh about it, <laughs> <laughs> like the knife or wife. And I remember the first time anyone pointed out to me that whole like net worth thing pops up. But then someone told me like, dude, every person, like yeah. like Steve Jobs, it'll be like it'll autofill like Steve Jobs net worth. Net worth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mine. It's uh, this is great. It's, what a great way. Oh, That's you just typed laughing. in your name. Yeah. I've never done this, but it autofills with um, rifle, Instagram, T-shirt, and heart. <laughs> heart? <laughs> yeah, because your heart problem. Yeah, because people oh, love. Really? Yeah, they love talking about my heart. Wow, that's funny. Wow, or that's maybe cool. it means a lot of heart. He's got a big heart. Yeah, got a big heart. Well, that's funny. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. Oh, there's that's our a good bear. point, there's man. There's our bear plug. We you know what? Every time. They do like them wild places. They do for sure. <laughs> they really just kind of have a way of finding them. Very much so. They'll get on the white tail train soon, though. Who's that? The bears. Feeding yeah. people's backyards. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think y'all realize what just happened. That was the end of the show. <laughs>